Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Well, I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. RadioWatch.com. Squad Radio, the music you want. With your host, Dee Dan. Well, I, I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous. It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I have been running for quite some time. Yeah, and if you need DJ services, don't hesitate to go to DJLittleRock.com. Check availability, and maybe you can have me at your next event it's wedding season it's wedding season it's june 3rd 2019 and yeah today on the program i have anna of amh cosplays and beyond that's just putting her in a little tiny box she is so much more and you're going to learn a little bit more about anna of amh cosplays <laughs> today this week's shows on uh, thursday i'll be at the old pose barbecue for the video dance party karaoke jam that's from six to nine that's a family friendly show old post barbecue in russellville arkansas do that every other thursday and maybe through the summer uh last summer he had me do it every thursday so that might happen, but for now, it's every other Thursday at the Old Post Barbecue. They got great barbecue, and they got some uh, some frosty beverages for the adults if you wanted to partake. But uh, the show itself is family-friendly. And then on Friday, the usual Friday night dance party at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. That's a full bar, and that is not a family-friendly show. <laughs> That's a full bar, and the kitchen is open. They have a, a pool tournament. Yeah, that's a great time every Friday night at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. And then Saturday, Saturday, it is June, so I have a wedding way down south. <laughs> I think it's south in, I don't know, Bentonville or something in there. Or no, Benton, somewhere somewhere around there. Yeah, it's going to be great. I think I've I've done weddings for this family in the past, and I'm so excited for a repeat wedding. I'm pretty sure I've met the at least the bride. Maybe I've met the groom uh, when they were just fianced uh, back in those weddings. So excellent, excellent. Um, yeah. So I got uh, Anna from AMH Cosplays. Let's go ahead and call her right now. trying to get a hold of amh cosplays that would be me that's you well, that's this is, me this is the what makes you famous podcast and how are I, you doing i'm very good i've had a great day and i i'm still i, I was wondering all day what do i call you <laughs> my real name is anna but i try to keep amh cosplay separate because i do work with children and sometimes it's not good for them to see some of the costumes i wear all right, all right. Well, we can get into every facet of you that you want to get into on the podcast. Tell people okay. uh, what all about you. Uh, we can start at the cosplays, 
because that's where I first met you on the Instagram. Uh, I, I noticed some of your cosplay, and there's a lot of them. Uh, do you know how many cosplays you're doing? Oh, my gosh. Um, well, I know I have 17 cosplays just for Bulma briefs from Dragon Ball. <laughs> okay. That, that's, that's quite a lot of work. Are you building all these cosplays on your own? Uh, well, uh, building is a loose term because I usually get them from parts from thrift stores or I buy them at uh, like flea markets or garage sales or there are things I already have around the house. That it's sounds- not like I've come... I'm not constructing armor, although I'm slowly heading towards that. See, that sounds like building to me, Anna. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds like you're doing a lot of work uh, for this cosplay. And why do you build cosplays? What what do you use them for? And uh, do you just walk to the grocery store with them? (laughs) Well, I was in Walmart this weekend dressed as Midnight (laughs) from My Hero Academia. (laughs) Okay, all right. I just caught the the first few episodes of, of that. My Hero Academia. I think it's a it's a show I might get into. Yeah, I just, oh, it's I just caught one it. of the best new con- best new animes that are out right now. Well, fabulous a, little show. Yeah, I, I've been trying to keep Sundays lazy, so that might be part of my lazy Sunday routine is getting into more anime. I, I've been watching The Flash and, and you know all the CW shows and and catching up with those. Uh, so let's uh, let's delve backwards, I guess, or, or or start with the now. Uh, how was your day? What What is a typical day for Anna of AMH Cosplays? Like, what did you do today when you woke up this morning? Wow. Well, <sighs> this might sound very mundane. Okay, it is Monday. <laughs> <laughs> mundane Monday. There we go. Sure. Uh, my husband and I own a poultry farm. I like so that. In the morning, it's time to get up early and release all the chickens and the ducks and the turkey and make sure they have all fresh water and food, uh, check for eggs, and make sure they're have ready to set off on their own merry way for the day. You realize, to the outside observer, there that is not mundane. I'm a city boy, <laughs> and, and chickens sound very fascinating to me. I, I, I had a few friends that had chickens. In fact, when I grew up in Miami, uh, I had uh, people across the street. I remember Braulio. Braulio had chickens. Uh, so, yes, uh, my, my neighborhood in, in Miami, uh, the, guy, the guy across the street in the city had chickens and they used them for the eggs now why do you grow the chickens why do you raise chickens oh well (sighs) when we moved out to the country because we used to live in suburbia we lived in ann arbor and michigan in ann arbor michigan yes okay my husband wanted to have chickens because he thought it would be great to have a few hens that we'd get fresh eggs and they'd eat all the insects and deal with the pests around the garden. How's it I working out? I wanted goats. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. How, how did you not one. win? I don't know how I did not win, but in the end, I guess I kind of won because they, they're kind of addictive. And at one point we had more than 150 of them. Wow. How many do you now, have now? Uh, I believe we've got about 42. That's still a lot. <laughs> That's a lot, Anna. Now, okay. Now, I, I, you, you didn't win that one. And I, I'm a wedding DJ, and I do a lot, of, a, a lot of weddings. In fact, I did one on Saturday. And whenever they're cutting the cake, I always have the groom feed the bride first. So if he smashes 
her in the face with the cake, she always gets the last word. And I oh, make absolutely. sure to make a point of that. Always. <laughs> it, you know, it's all about the it's all about mama. You know, if mama's happy, oh, yeah. everybody's happy. You know, oh, we had something like that when um <laughs> we we have our son, his yes. name is Jason. Yay, Jason. And my husband's name is Jay. Yay, Jay. So he wanted this to be Jay's son. So it's spelled like his name with son after it. And I was like, you are, t- you know, you're dooming this poor kid to a life of eternally spelling his first name, you realize. Hmm. And so I lost that one, but I got to choose the middle name. So in the end, I won that one because I named them after one of my favorite anime characters. Hit me. Jason what? Ranma. Ranma? Mm-hmm. What is, okay, where's Ranma from? Forgive my. Ran- it's an anime called Ranma One Half by a very talented lady named Rumiko Takahashi. And it's a story of a young martial artist whose father drags him off to China to train. And he unfortunately falls into a cursed spring, which changes him into a young girl whenever he's splashed with cold water. I like the way you said that name, Rahama Takahashi. That, that that sounds like you speak Chinese or Japanese uh, or what? Well, I guess it is Japanese, wouldn't it be? I speak anime Japanese. I, I've <laughs> learned what I need to for the show. <laughs> okay, uh, subs or dubs? Oh, oh gosh, it depends on the show. Ah. Um, we love watching shows like. Um, well, My Hero Academia, there's sure. a show called uh, Shogogeki no Soma, which is Food Wars in English. And we love watching the, the actual shows with subtitles. But Dragon Ball, oh my gosh, I cannot tolerate the Japanese voices for some of the characters. They're terrible, so I have to watch the dubs. Right. I'm, I have a 13-year-old, and she's uh, subs all day. Uh, but, you know, I just can't pay attention all that much and i don't want to read all that much for the most part and it's hard to multitask if you have to watch what's going on screen while you're trying to do something else correct correct and and i I find okay if she's already watched it in the sub and then i want to watch it in the dub it takes her completely out of it because the the american accents or the american actors don't sound anything like the japanese actors (laughs) it ruins it yeah, yeah, that's true. But, for example, going back to Dragon Ball, Please. the American voices for the main characters, for Goku, for Gohan, they're actually male-sounding. There's a woman voice actor in Japan who does those voices, and it sounds like those boys are actually little girls. So these big, powerful sayings are voiced by these this little, petite-sounding woman, and it just seems so ridiculous to me. So I can't watch it unless it is dubbed. <laughs> See, I just learned a, a little bit more about Dragon Ball Z just now. And I learned a little bit more a, a little bit yesterday. I was speaking with four young lads who were in a band called Sideswipe, and, and they schooled me on Goku. And uh, what was the, the name of, of the, the type of, of monster they are? Oh, they're Saiyans. 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 That's it. And they, they get so powerful. And I tried to pit them to get to, uh, against each other. Let, so... All right, Goku versus Superman. Who wins? Oh, Goku. Wow. Why? <laughs> uh, because Superman's powers just come from the sun. Goku's powers come from within him. Within. All right, so he gets more powerful like the Incredible Hulk? 
Um, well, without any gamma rays affecting him. <laughs> okay. All right. So, hey, I'm, I, I'm, you never know what you're going to learn on these podcasts. And, and this is an <laughs> educational podcast. And Anna of AMA Cosplay, AMH Cosplays, you are schooling me on on these animes. And I know you're multifaceted. You not only do cosplay, but you do other things as well. So are there any other avenues that you want to explore or you want to let people know about? Well, um, my my other existence, I guess, is I am a competitive triathlete. What? That, uh, that yes, sounds like hard work. <laughs> well, I guess most people would consider it work. I consider it fun. Well, I see you're in in good shape, you know, definitely using, you know, for, to get in these cos, cosplays and to really look the part, you have the, the fitness level. Uh, so competitive, when did you start competing in triathlons? Oh, in triathlon. I started triathlon actually in 2012 because I've always liked riding my bike and I've been a competitive swimmer since I was six years old. Dig it. And I picked up running, well... I mean, I did track and field when I was in high school and junior high school, but I was the discus and shot put and long jumper, not the runner. Okay. But I picked up running as an adult, and one day I was like, well, you know what? There's got to be more than this. So I signed up for a local triathlon, and I was the very last person off the bike course. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hey, you start somewhere. And after that, I was like, no, I've got to do better than that. And that was 2012. And... Fast forward to last July, I was a member of Team USA, and I represented our country in Denmark for the World Championships. You have to stop. That is the attitude of a winner. You you worked, and you worked, and you worked. So I've done all of these, uh, these uh, different activities, riding a bike, swimming, and uh, running individually. Putting them together, it, does it take... Do you practice them separately, or do you do a triathlon every week? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> what, what's that? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't – well, actually, you know, last year I raced every weekend from Mother's Day all the way through past Labor Day. Okay. Uh, but this year, this year I'm taking it easy and recovering from the burnout of competing for Worlds last year. Yeah. Um, but for training, I usually will do one of the one of the elements. Like I, I might swim for two miles one day, or I might run maybe ten miles the next day, or bike for two hours. Um, every once in a while, not as often as I should, I do something that's called a brick workout, which is swimming, then biking, or biking and then running, one after the other. So we get our bodies used to going through the transition and picking up without a stop. Okay, so t tell me what a triathlon is. Uh, what do you do first, and how long, and what's the yeah? What is a, a triathlon, and are they all uh, the same? Oh well, um, triathlons involve swimming, then biking, then running, and they are not all the same because there's different lengths. There's something called a super sprint, which is just maybe four hundred yards in the pool. And then you bike maybe a couple of miles, and then you run maybe two miles. So it's very, very short and quick. Okay. And how, how much time usually uh, is the average on, on someone taking that? Or how long does it, that take you to, to do? Uh, the fastest I've ever done one of those was 48 minutes. That sounds pretty fast. <laughs> I don't know if I could run all that in, in 48 minutes. <laughs> 
<laughs> and the swimming and part, that, that's oh, crazy. Well, it's it, a lot of people get very discouraged because they're not used to open water swimming. They're used to a pool and just even stepping into a lake or a river where the bottom is sandy and silty and gooey and there's fish and a current. It, it, it really throws a lot of people off. Most people really hate the swimming leg of the whole race. That's but, true. I, I did forget where you are. You're in Michigan, so you're sw- swimming in the Great Lakes. I'm thinking you're doing it in, in a pool. Ah, uh, well, I'm not originally from Michigan, though. I was a Jersey lifeguard when I was a teenager, so I'm used to swimming in Atlantic Current. Okay, I'm from so, Miami, so I sl- I swim in Atlantic, but way down south. I'm sw- I'm guessing that north of the Mason Dixon in Jersey, swimming in the Atlantic Ocean is a bit different. Is it colder? It's colder and it's really choppy. Huh. Oh. Okay. It, Ch- choppy that you could surf on it or choppy that, that it's hard to get through? Um, a very harsh undertow. Oh. I wouldn't, I've never really seen anyone surf. A lot of boogie boarding. Yes. But, but, but I wouldn't be able to do anything like, like out in Hawaii. But, oh, okay. But, for the, for the people here who are used to calm lake waters, whenever there's a race where the water is really choppy, everyone tends to freak out a little. Um, a couple of years ago, I did an Ironman out on the Great Lakes over here on, on Lake Michigan. And this particular Ironman, it's called Ironman Steelhead, is notorious for having the swim leg canceled because the water is too choppy. Oh. And the year that I was there was the first year that they didn't cancel it in a long time, but it was also not wetsuit legal, which meant that the temperature was too high for people to be wearing wetsuits. And so many swimmers were so upset that they didn't have their their buoyancy from their wetsuits, and it was still very choppy. And a lot of them got a little seasick from the chop, and, well, I was kind of laughing my way through the waves because this was normal for me. Oh, being from the, uh, I guess, is it the Steel Pier? Is that Jersey? Uh, I'm not sh- not sure, but uh, you know, my part of New Jersey where I used to go to the beach, because we live 15 minutes away, it, Point Pleasant, Belmar area, it was just choppy, choppy. If we wanted to swim, we had to learn how to get splashed in the face really quick. <laughs> okay, so I'm guessing you were born in New Jersey? Uh, New York, actually. New York. Okay, what part of New York? A little place called Flushing in Queens. That sounds like a small part of Queens. Queens sounds big, but Flushing it was it sounds home like to a Shea hood? Stadium. Mets. We uh, were we were the, my birthplace was just a few minutes away from where the Mets used to play at Shea Stadium. So not so small. Not so small. So you're a city girl. Um. Or would you consider at one yourself point. at one point growing up? <laughs> at one point. So you I'm grew up in the city. I'm more of a suburban girl. Okay. So what got you from New York to New Jersey? I, I mean, it's not that far away on the map, but it is two different states. Uh, well, that's a long and tortured route I took, to be honest. Okay. I was born in New York, and after a few months of this world's existence, um, my parents shipped me off to live with my grandparents because they were having some marital issues so from six months to two years i lived with my grandparents in south america okay that's pretty cool so i'm guessing uh i'm guessing you you have some south american heritage then uh well no actually my 
<laughs> my family emigrated to South America from Europe because they were miners and searching for gemstones and all that kind of stuff. What? See, Anna, there is interesting stuff going on here. All right. So you're in the gem or your family's in the gem business. Tell me about um, that. I don't know. Call them in the gem business. They were hoping to find gems and make their their living off of whatever magical gems they could find. Uh, except that they all went to Peru instead of Brazil, and Brazil is where all the gems were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I like Peruvians. I, I used to work with one on the, on the radio in in Miami. Uh, I'm half Cuban myself and and half Irish. So uh, yeah, I, I worked on a bilingual radio station with a Peruvian girl, and I thought that was pretty nice. She was she was a nice girl. Well, I I can't say anything bad about Peruvians. Um, <laughs> I just remember rooms full of uh, pyrite going, this is what they mine? And Isn't pyrite like fool's gold? Isn't that what it yes, is? Yes, it is. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I pulled that out of my mental Rolodex. Well, good for you. There you go. You get a geology gold star. Hooray. <laughs> no, a pyrite star. Because <laughs> we yeah, didn't quite go. find gold. <laughs> a fool's gold star. <laughs> so, what can you, yeah, what, so what can you do with pyrite that, that, that they were using it for or anything? Oh, gosh. To be honest, I haven't the slightest idea. Okay. <laughs> I just remember it being shiny. All right. I don't know. So you're, uh, living, you're living with grandma in South America. I mean, you know, hey, my mom and dad uh, didn't stay together either, and I had to stay with grandma for a while, too, so I understand that route. Uh, and then I got shipped from there to live with my aunt and uncle in France. France? Man, you, you, you've lived places. How was it in France? Oh, I loved it there. It was it was great. Except I horrified my uncle because I had a very American palate. Okay. <laughs> Did you put ketchup on everything? Uh, the only cheese I had ever eaten was American. That's not really cheese, is it? No, it wasn't. Because I, I don't even think it says cheese on the on the package. It says Kraft Processed American food product. Yeah, it says Kraft American <laughs> and nothing about cheese. Uh, so, <laughs> and it doesn't melt right. <laughs> but I still eat it. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, if you're part Cuban, that you know things that come imported from America have this wow factor. So right. this is what we're feeding our American granddaughter. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So tell me a little more about France and and the the uh, escapades that your I guess your was it your, your uncle? Oh, my uncle Jean Pierre. Yeah. No, Jean Pierre. He corrected my palate, and he instilled a love of reading in, into me. Oh, he had a cool. fabulous library with, um, well, not manga, but uh, Asterix and Obelix, Tintin, all these, you know, what we would consider young graphic novels back then. Yeah, but all in French? All in French. Get it. So you learned French? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And in oh, South yes, America, you learned Spanish? Mm-hmm. You still got it? Oh, my mother would shoot me if I spoke to her in English. Oh, yes. Kids, if you're listening, learn a different language. I have gotten so many jobs that I was not qualified for because I speak Spanish. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so, all right, we're in France, and you're catching uh, the comic book craze. Uh, oh. uh, how old were you then? Or, or I was five at the time. Five? So mm -hmm. you, you've already been around the block by five years old, around the world <laughs> almost. Well, it, it was an interesting childhood. I suspect. Okay. 
So uh, Jean Pierre, Uncle Jean Jean Pierre, is teaching you about uh, the the right palate. Is he feeding you right? Oh yeah, he he. I remember him teaching me how to use a fork and knife properly. So of course it's the way the French hold them, not the way the Americans hold them. And I've never gotten past how people hold the fork in the different hand over here. I just don't eat that way. I can't. Are you still eating European? Yes, I am. I've seen it. I've done it. And I, you know, I force myself to do it in certain, certain situations. So yeah, it's an interesting way to eat. You put your knife in the other hand and the fork and yeah, yeah, I've done it. <laughs> and, and that's cool. It's a little quirk about you. It's a, it's, it's, um, a part of Anna. There you go. <laughs> so Anna with, uh, with one N or two N's. One N. See, you had to spell your name too, just mm-hmm. like Jason. Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> like Jason with a Y. Where's the Y? Where does it go in place of the O? No. <laughs> well, actually, it's Jason with an E. J. Oh, wait a minute. J- okay, so okay, husband J is J E Y then. J A E. J A E. Okay, yes, that that kid is doomed. <laughs> <laughs> No, but it's a whole fun, a fun kind of doomed, a fun, fun name. That's excellent. All right. So after you're in France with Jean-Pierre, what's going on? What happens? What what interesting things are you learning? Oh, gosh. Uh, I have some clear memories from that time. I remember learning to play bocce ball with my great uncle Pepe. (laughs) I remember a movie where the guy said bocce ball. It seemed like that was a, an exclamation of sorts in Except Europe. we called it petank. Petank. Play petank. Okay, petank that makes sense because that's the, that's the noise the ball makes, isn't it? <laughs> you know, I never thought of that. Well, <laughs> I, I, I know the Cuban form of Spanish, a lot of things like uh, an autobus is a wawa. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, a, a bus is a wawa because the bus goes wah, 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 wah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of slang. So I could see that. Patunk. Very cool. What else? Five years um, old in France of all places. Well, I went to school there. Yeah. And it was very interesting. I started out being in kindergarten, but they jumped me to first grade because of my drawing skill, which is really bizarre. Yes, she colors within the lines. That's that's too too good for a kindergartner. I use tracing paper. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I killed it in nap time back then. That was good. <laughs> so, so that was fun because I, I I came back and I was ahead of all my other my other classmates when I came back from France. <laughs> well, like, that's gotta be neat. So, what time? When did you get back uh, from France? I was six years old when and, I came back. And you went to to New York again? No, my parents lived in New Jersey now. Back to off to Jersey. Oh, okay. All right, and and I'm guessing you're with a step. I'm get, uh, at this time, or or were they did they stay together? Oh, they were still together at that <gasps> point for a couple more years. Okay, all right, all right. Hey, trying to hold it together for the fam—that's a noble thing too. Let's so, see it, but I told you it was a circuitous route from New York to New Jersey. <laughs> yes, yes. You made your way to Peru with all your uh, uh, fool's gold and the family that was looking for gems and they got to the wrong spot. So there's gems in Brazil. I didn't know that. I learned that here from Anna of AMH Cosplays. So we're in Jersey and you're six years old. Now what happens? And you're in first grade already. I'm in first grade. Uh, well, four to five, five to six. Um, actually, by the time I came back, I'd already skipped this. I was already in second grade. Winner. 
<laughs> and then I stayed there for a while, and then things got colorful between my parents again. So back off to grandma's I went. Down to, down south, way down south. And I helped her keep her chickens. <laughs> so you had this from an early age. You mm-hmm. didn't know that it was a foreshadowing. Oh, heavens no. I had no idea. <laughs> you just thought you were a city girl visiting grandma on the farm in Peru. Uh-huh. I just remember, you know, sitting on the stoop with my uncle eating artichokes and having my grandfather take me down to the corner shop for ice creams, yeah. well, stuff like that. Just a regular little little kid hanging out with her family. Well, it sounds like a good childhood. I mean, uh, you know, grandma and grandpa did, did their best to, to, to treat you right. And, and you, it looks like they spoiled you rotten just like a good grandparents should. Ah, it drove my mother nuts. She couldn't handle how her parents treated me at all because for her, it was a one of those children are seen and not heard kind of childhoods <laughs> where when her father entered the dining room, she and her siblings had to be lined up silently while he went to sit at the table and then they could sit and he had to serve himself first and then they could eat. But when she came down to visit me, she found me sitting on his head while he was laughing and reading stories to me. Yeah, those are not her parents. Those are two old people trying to get to heaven. <laughs> so, <laughs> so they're so till this right. day, she's still she's still shocked about how her father interacted with me. She just is kind of stunned when she looks back at it. But well, I never saw a strict guy like that. I saw my my, my Papa Juan. Papa Juan, oh, I love it, Anna. All right. You're you're back in South America, man. You're getting shipped. So, <laughs> an airplane or donkey ride? <laughs> oh gosh, no slow boat. <laughs> slow boat. <laughs> you went around the Atlantic, through the Gulf. Okay. Ha. <sighs> so, how, when did you get out of South America? Or any other cool things happen in South America besides artichokes and ice cream? I got to visit the Amazon. I got to visit the Andes. I went to Machu Picchu, which was really cool. Oh, yeah. That's tall. Uh, that's really all I remember from from that time period. As you should. You're only seven years old, Anna. <laughs> where, where do we go from here? From there, I, I actually settled down in New Jersey for a while. Back to Jersey. All right. And this until, is city time? Until sixth grade. No, well, it, it's a little town outside of Princeton that I grew up in. Oh, okay. So the Burbs. Yes. Dig it. All right. And they treat you pretty good? You were good in school? Um, I would say that I was pretty good in school. Cool. All right. So I mean, grade? I was yes. a tomboy, and I <laughs> kind of played lots of pranks and uh, well, got into my share of scuffles. Best prank? Mm, gosh. Um, well, kind of hit all the light bulbs in the men's urinal once. Okay. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah. How did you get up there? Oh, well, I had help. Okay. <laughs> so I could see uh, two little girls maybe climbing on each other's shoulders uh, grabbing the light bulbs out of the sockets. Well, no, no, no. I was a tomboy. All my friends were boys. Okay. So a little boy lifting you up in the air, and you're getting the light bulbs out. Well, that was pretty much it. Did you get busted? <laughs> um, 
Me, no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I looked innocent. Okay, so I'm I, guessing I your accomplices to... uh, took the rap? Oh, they always took the rap. Oh. Poor suckers. Because nah, <laughs> the girls got, her, got them wrapped around their fingers. Yeah, so sorry, kids. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Don't pull pranks, children, <laughs> if you're listening. Okay, so Anna, you're a pretty good kid in school, I guess, and but you're getting your share of scuffles. Uh, in sixth grade, what happened? Oh, I got shipped off to France again. <laughs> Back to Jean-Pierre. <laughs> Uncle Jean-Pierre. And, and ha- had your palate uh, gotten any better, or, or did, did you undo oh. everything that had, had been done? No, no, he fixed that really quickly. He pretty much put a put a no hamburgers kind of no. rule. <laughs> no hamburgers, not not without mayonnaise on them. Or no, I, I don't even know how they eat man if they eat hamburgers at all. What what's the 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 meal of choice uh, uh, average on the average? <sighs> Gosh, I remember a lot of mushrooms. Okay, I like mushrooms. a lot of crepes. Okay, great. Lots yeah. of crepes. My aunt would make special crepes for me when my uncle wasn't around. Um, okay. She'd make a nice, beautiful thing. She was, she's a marvel. I shouldn't say she was. She is a marvelous cook. And she'd make these fabulous salads and wonderful, wonderful sauces. And whenever my uncle was working late, as he worked at a newspaper, she would make crepes and fill them with sugar. So and that would be my meal. Jean-Pierre wasn't, wasn't partial to the, the sweet stuff? He, I don't really think he had much of a sweet tooth. We used to hunt for for strawberries. Hunt? How do you hunt for a strawberry? Don't you just go to the store and buy them? Uh, we spent the summer in the Alps. He he rented a little cottage in the Alps, and he'd take me hiking, looking for strawberries and mushrooms. This is a movie I'm I'm listening to. I'm listening to a movie. Uh, this is uh, you know the hills are alive with the sound of Anna. <laughs> amh yeah. cosplays i'm i'm digging it see and amh cosplays is putting you in a little box you're you're much bigger than that we're already all over the 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 western world so far and and beyond uh, south america france so you're in the alps uh, the andes i'm sorry and wow so how do you hunt for a strawberry uh very carefully <laughs> okay do you have to deal with wild animals well, no, because these were alpine strawberries, so they're like the size of a pinky nail. <laughs> okay, so what's the good in that? Oh, they're really, really, really sweet. That I remember just filling my little pail with them and then heading back to find my uncle and then showing him my pail, which had maybe two left by the time I got there. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, Forrest Gump, he, he ate some of the chocolates. I ate some. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you, you, you're learning some uh, some traits, uh, some trade in France. Uh, when did you stay until Fran- to France uh, uh, this time? Oh, this time I stayed until I was I came back for junior high. All right, back in Jersey for junior high. Did you remember any of the kids, or or did you have to restart all over again? Uh, to be honest, I kind of had to restart over again. Oh, okay. But you're a new kid. You could, that can go either way. Uh, did you end up being a, the new kid that, that, it, that was so cool or the new kid that got picked on? Um, I guess I was more of the new kid who had a big, loud mouth. <laughs> okay. See, that, that could be useful. And, and how, how did that uh, turn out? Well, I, I tended to 
be very loud mouthed about my friends who were being bullied or anyone who I felt was being bullied or treated unfairly. Okay. So you helped uh, you help people. I helped people. I wasn't very popular for doing so. Uh, it, it's a not the at that point um, let's just say that my town was not very PC. Okay, but I mean, uh, a lot of superheroes uh, don't do things that are PC. You could be the anti-hero. Now, there you go. But I mean, my mother kept telling me, stay out of trouble. Why do you keep helping your these these people? They mean nothing to you. I was like, I don't care. No, no. Like, there was a kid, Bernard. He was being picked at, being shoved against the lockers just because he was African-American. I thought that was really stupid. And so I, next time he, that happened, I looked out and I walked right over to him and I said, okay, I've got your back. And we faced off a bunch of other kind of bully type people. And, well, we all ended up in the principal's office, so that didn't work out too well. <laughs> well, still good for you taking care of Bernard. He, he, he's a, I'm sure he's a cool cat. And who knows he where he's nice at now, guy. you know, uh, and just because you helped him, Anna. Well, I'd like to think so because I, he, you know, when, when people get bullied after a while, they, they just get so down and depressed and their outlook just changes. But to just have one person come up and stand for them. Yeah. I hope that that helped. Yeah, you're a champion. He might still be talking about you, Anna. And even if he's not, hey, you were still a, a very important part of his life. Well, I remember him and I just hope that Maybe in somewhere in his mind, he remembers the crazy kid that stood up for him. <laughs> <laughs> well, we remember. And, and uh, now p potentially millions of people know. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anna, AMH Cosplays. And, and I keep saying that because I don't know your last name. And if you want to say it, you, you don't have to. But uh, what what else is going on? Okay, you're in junior high in Jersey. Uh, how did how was uh, junior high and high school? <sighs> I don't really remember much of anything about junior high except the friends that I made, okay. um, the kids that I had to crush on, and okay. and track and field. That was pretty much my junior high existence. That's right, track and field. You didn't run, but you did the discus and the put and the, and the upper body strength activities. Uh, there we go. Is that still something that you're into? or? Uh, well... <laughs> <laughs> Last year, I, I tried to compete in like the local, the, the like the Michigan Olympic Games, but it was too far away, so I said no. But but you still trained a little bit. Oh well, I mean, training for me is year round because <laughs> wow. I need to have the upper strength to swim. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. What's your What's your stroke, or is there a stroke? Oh, freestyle. Always freestyle. Not always freestyle, but when I first started doing triathlon, I was a breaststroker because when I swam competitively as a kid, and all I did was breaststroke and backstroke. And you can't do backstroke doing a triathlon because you bonk into things and go off course and totally tank your time that way. So I would just do my competitive breaststroke. But um, even though I did okay with that, I knew that I could go faster if I learned how to do regular stroke. And I got myself a coach, and she pretty much took me under her wing and turned me into a pretty fast swimmer. 
Very cool, Anna. Yeah, I, I was a swimmer in school myself, and breaststrokes always seemed seemed to be the easiest to, for me. I tried to do the butterfly. No, couldn't do it. Backstroke, I always turned around too too early, uh, hit the wall if, if I didn't turn. So, yes, breaststroke and freestyle, those are my strokes, too. And they seem to be, seem to be the easiest ones uh, on a human body. It seemed to be the most natural uh, for, for, for me. Uh, oh, absolutely. You know, butterfly, I think I could last maybe... 10 seconds and then i'm done <laughs> i mean it looks cool i i hey when when michael phelps swims it, the 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 action is beautiful i mean it, that that human body working in that motion yeah it's it's a beautiful thing to see but uh yeah it's not me well i'll tell you something funny well not maybe funny but a few years ago i did a race called swim to the moon go um and that was a 10k swim so 6.2 miles swimming yeah that's a lot of swimming and, and is that open water as well? Ah, uh, yes, it was open water. Up, it's up through a chain of lakes here in Michigan. What chain? Uh, it's called the Highland Chain. It's 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 in the center of Michigan, and there are little lakes that are all connected by little canals. So you swim up through the canals and into the next lake, and you keep going till you get to the halfway point. At which point you have to. It's an oblig- obligatory get out of the water. The med director checks you really quickly to make sure that you aren't. Uh, in bad shape sometimes people are um their temperature their body temperature plummets and she pulls them out and then you quickly jump back in the water and swim the 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 remaining 5k whoa and there's this one fellow who did the entire thing in butterfly no (laughs) amazing i'm already impressed with him he was the last one to finish, but, but he did still, the whole thing in butterfly. <laughs> he was practicing his butterfly, and you're working every muscle in your body doing that stroke. It's it's incredible. You work muscles you didn't even know you had doing that oh. stroke. It, yeah, it, your back, you're undulating. It's crazy. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. So, hey, I'm impressed, even though he came in last. And once again, it, like when you started in, I guess, what you said, 2012, and you, mm-hmm. ca- you came in last, but... You know, just last year, you're in the in with the best, the best of the best. Yep, that's true. So never give up, even if you suck when you start. Yeah. All right. So excellent. Here we are. Uh, any other extracurriculars in junior high or high school? Uh, high school, high school, high school. I did a lot of stuff in high school. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, gosh. Well, geez. Um. How to say it, if you turn to our my high school yearbook, I'm pretty much in every single club. I like that. Overachiever. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> that was you. But Okay, you said you had the, the big mouth in in uh, junior high, and that parlayed into being one of the most popular kids in high school. Oh, I wouldn't know if I were popular or not. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, I'm just, just reading into it. I just did a whole lot of stuff. I, I mean... I was with the drama ramas because I was in uh, drama club. I was the vice president of the drama club. Did you do but any I was plays? The, um, I was more of the makeup crew person in the understudy. Yes, your makeup is on point. I'm looking at a lot of pictures here on your AMH cosplay Facebook. Oh, well, thank you. And, and the makeup, <laughs> it, you know, is is definitely a big part of it. Uh, and do you do all the makeup yourself? Yes. Whoa. Okay. And does this all stem from? When did you learn how to do the makeup? Oh, boy. Well, that's going to take us off in a totally different tangent. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll stay in high school for a minute and finish up here, and, and then uh, and then we can go off on, on your 
on your escapades into being the most amazing cosplayer ever. Okay, no. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> let's, let's go with, uh, uh, yeah, hi- high school. You, you were in drama. What other clubs? Oh, let's see. I was in the library club, you know, the group of people who stayed in the library and studied and did all their schoolwork on time. You are are the coolest. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. You there. You said it. Nerd. (laughs) That's great. That's great. Uh, So you got all your homework done before school was over. Oh, of course. So you had the afternoon off. Yeah. You had time to do stuff. What other clubs? I was on debate club. I was in the ski club. I was in the French club. I was in the Latin club. (laughs) Gosh, I was right. in choir for a little bit. One of the biggest snow ski clubs in in the world is in Miami, uh, of all places. Really? And, yeah, I, I, and I, my mom found that out. She she belongs to a ski, or she did. I don't know if she still belongs to the ski club in Miami, and they take trips to Colorado and and other places that that were things snow. But you were in a ski club, snow ski or water ski? Snow ski. Snow ski, and it does. Although snow. I do water ski. Okay, all right. <laughs> you're you're a lady of many talents, Anna of AMH Cosplays. Yeah. So, uh, water ski and snow ski, and so does it snows in in Jersey. Oh uh, yes, it does. Enough for you to do a, a, a ski club, then. Okay, all right, and continue. Um, well, where I went to school, it's a school called the Hunt School of Princeton. It was a private boarding school, so I was also a resident, and I was a proctor, which is Kind of like in Harry Potter, you have Percy, who's the head boy. I was like one of the head kids for my dorm. Fancy. And uh, I guess you, you had to take responsibility for things, too, didn't Oh, yeah. Is that what that oh, yeah. is? Okay. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure lights were out at a certain time, that no one was like sneaking anything illegal into their rooms, stuff Uh-oh. like that. That can go either way. You could be the cool one that lets everything happen, or you could be the real strict one that everybody doesn't like. And you, you, but you do everything that you're supposed to do. Which one were you? I was the strict one who made sure everyone was following the rules. And then when I got to my room, I'd unscrew the window screen and escape and go out. <laughs> Where did you end up, Anna? Oh, uh, a couple of friends and I had a way to sneak onto school property and we'd go out and pretty much just be stupid teenagers. <laughs> Nah, it's okay to be a stupid teenager. Do it while you're young. You know, I tell people to to live their 20s doing everything you possibly can because by the time you're 30, you need to start settling down. But certainly keep keep your 20s open to tr- <laughs> Yes. There you go. I like that. Some people, are, you know, most people in their 20s don't know what they want to do, and the most interesting people in their 40s still don't know what they want to do. So there that, we go. I like that. All right, all right. So the rest of high school was you being the hall monitor and taking care of things and making sure that the kids didn't get bullied. Am I reading this properly? Of course, and then I also did track and field again, so that kept me busy there too. Yeah, all right, all right. You're painting a picture. You you can go either way, uh, Anna of AMH Cosplays. You can go, uh, you can be the bad kid if you want. But mostly, yeah, you're a pretty good kid. Uh, what would you consider yourself? Uh, I like to think of myself as a well-rounded, artistic, sporting nerd. 
There you go. All right. After high oh, school. Oh, gosh, that's still true. I like it. I like it. So after high school, you break out. Where do you go? Uh, I went to college. I like that was expected. Oh, okay. All right. Hey, say I've been to college a bunch of times. <laughs> <laughs> and mostly I did, you know, just enough college to do uh, a thing that I wanted to do. Just enough to be uh, into radio. Just enough to be a firefighter. Just enough to be an EMT. You know, so, yeah, I did a lot of those, a lot of those uh, colleges where you just go for a little bit and get what you need done and then get out and get to work. So, okay. Yeah. Well, so what kind of college right? did you do? Uh, well, I ended up going to a school that my mother selected for me. And while I made wonderful friends who are still friends and I love them dearly, I really did not like my college too much because hmm. of my being forced to be there. Okay. So I completed my degree in two and a half years and got the heck out. Hey, that's what you do. That's what you do. What'd you end up getting? I have a minor in Latin, but my major, going back to my family roots, is geology. Come on. She's a geologist too, kids. <laughs> so so did you end up being the gemologist? <laughs> well, no. Funny thing is my, my major's specialty was something called coastal zone geomorphology, which translates to beaches. Okay, you spent some time and on the I, beach. I could do that. I, I spent a good portion of my time at Florida Institute of Technology over at Jensen Beach. Yeah, I've been, I, and, I, I've been by there. <laughs> I know where that's at. And I spent a lot of my time floating on a raft, watching the literal drift of the sand as it moved with the current. Hey, it's good schooling if you can uh, get into it. it. Now, did you get paid to do this? No. Oh, okay, all right. All right, still, it's an internship, I guess. Oh no that that was that was part of my 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 study because my college didn't offer this kind of stuff so I went there for summer classes. I want to go back and take that class. That's great. I mean, I took sailing in in, in Broward College, so does that count? <laughs> yeah, I took scuba diving. Scuba diving that didn't count. <laughs> <laughs> I did that when I was a firefighter in in Key Largo. Yeah, scuba diving. That was cool. So yeah, but yeah, that 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 scuba credit didn't count though, and it made me one sh- credit short graduating which really threw me off so i got a a geology kind of job and i went out west and worked in yellowstone as a ranger for a while oh yellowstone one of the one of the super volcanoes that might might blow up and and uh, destroy the human race someday it's so exciting (laughs) oh my goodness so what yeah uh so being the geologist i just i heard somebody talking about this was it true that about seventy thousand years ago a super volcano blew up and knocked the the population down to about a thousand people that could mate and reproduce Hmm. is this something that you're talking about krakatoa krakatoa where is that that's in Indonesia, or it was in Indonesia, although there's a second one kind of slowly growing out of the ocean right now. Oh. But yeah, I, it wouldn't surprise me, because w- if there's a super volcano and it launches all that pyroclastic ash up into the sky, you've blocked out the sun, and well, there you go. No, no life can really live without the sun. Yeah. Okay. So, See? Told you, nerd. So when's the end <laughs> of the world, Anna? Uh, hmm. It depends if you take the Heinlein approach to it or the Roddenberry approach. 
Okay. Uh, what are the difference between the two? Give me the Highland first. Oh, Highland. Well, we have to go populate a whole bunch of other planets because we're kind of torching the Earth. I thought that would be the Roddenberry version. Oh, no. We just go and seek out and explore new life and civilization. <laughs> okay. Wait, I'm not familiar with the Highland. Uh, who, what did he do? Robert Heinlein? Yes. Oh, fabulous series of books about a character named Lazarus Long who keeps being rejuvenated so he lives for centuries and centuries and centuries. I can dig it. All right. Yeah, if you ever get bored, there's a book called Methuselah's Children, which starts the whole series off. See, I'm kind of a book-on-tape kind of guy. I listen to podcasts all day while I'm driving around. And, uh, well, I'm sure it exists somehow in audio somewhere. I will have to find it. Methuselah's Children. Look it up. Will do. All right, Anna of AMH Cosplays, because I still don't know your last name, and I guess maybe, <laughs> I'm, maybe I'm not going to learn your last name, at least not on this podcast. <laughs> it starts with an H. That's all I'll say. <laughs> yeah, A-M-H. That makes sense. So, all right, uh, we're out of high school. You are you got a degree in geology. What are you doing with it? Um, well, after working out in Yellowstone for a while, I kind of finally realized that I've always been a writer, and I've always written stories. I've always written plays that my classmates would put on. And the only reason that I never went into journalism or studied writing was because my mother said I should, so I obviously didn't. <laughs> Okay, so where so are you going? I, are you writing? I went to grad school. Okay. What did you do in grad school? I got a degree in public communication specifying magazine journalism. I like where that's going. Okay. What did you do with that? Uh, well, for five years, I worked for a company called Caribbean Travel and Life. Okay. What, what do you do They're, there? They were based in Florida now, but when I worked for them, they worked. They were in D.C., and I was an assistant editor for several of their magazines. One was American Eagle's Latitude South magazine. The on it, one, the uh, airline magazine? Yes. What? You are the you wrote some of the airline magazine? Mm-hmm. That's and pretty good. <laughs> I wondered if there if there's any there there had to be somebody writing that and there you go yeah and more people I, i've read those magazines my uh stepdad worked for american airlines so yeah i've been on american flights i've probably read your stuff when were you writing you never for them know. oh everything from destination stories to restaurant reviews to shopping at in the caribbean you name it but when uh yeah no well, about a decade ago or so so okay, so two thousand nine. No, more early two thousands. Okay, more than a decade. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I still think of of ten years ago as the nineties. I'm old. There you go. <laughs> it's, no, ten years ago was not the nineties. <laughs> and for a while, I was even the managing editor of a magazine called Florida Travel. Come on, you wrote travel mm -hmm. books, travel mags. But but that magazine tanked. <laughs> all right. Well, they were and all they they all are eventually, sadly, uh, unless so I, they go I, out online. Yeah. So I worked as a freelance writer for whatever magazine or newspaper wanted me to write for them, and I ended up here in Ann Arbor. Well, near Ann Arbor, and I was the restaurant reviewer for a few years. What? That's great. So you've kept up with this writing uh, throughout your adult life. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was finishing submitting in my weekly column for a magazine that I work for right now. You're still for, doing when, it. 
when I have, I'm still doing it. It's my main job. What what magazine are you writing for? Uh, it's called Hobby Farms. Hobby Farms, and you're on a farm. Mm-hmm. I a, am a poultry columnist. As a hobby or otherwise, you're on a farm. You live on a farm. It's a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. <laughs> do you have a barn? Um. Yes, we do. <laughs> That's pretty cool. I rarely go into it because my husband took it over and it's full of his clutter. It, he put it, his car, he says? No, his clutter. Oh, his clutter. Wait, man cave, man barn. <laughs> you get the house, right? Well, that's full of his clutter, too. Oh, my. <laughs> Anna, Anna, you got to rule the roost. Oh, no, no. I'm sure, I'm sure everything's fine. He treats you that's nice funny. and you smile. There's a book called Rule Your Roost, and that's written partly by me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that is hilarious. How did I guess that? I, I, I guess we're clicking here. We're starting it's to click. It's a chicken thing. There you go. <laughs> we're, oh, no. We're clucking here. We're not clicking. We're clucking. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, no. Poultry huns. <laughs> uh, uh, I get it. I get it. I see what you did there. <laughs> All right. So. In drama, you learn how to do makeup. So you're writing. That's excellent. That is great. That's a nice uh, way you're spending your time. And and you're making a couple bucks doing it. That's great. Uh, any other avenues of interest that you have besides the cosplay? Uh, well, besides the cosplay, I mean, besides, the journalism, and, and, and the, the triathlon. Yeah, and the triathlons, uh, of course. And besides the poultry and, gosh, well, which way do you want me to go? The makeup route or the other route? <laughs> hey, let's go let's go makeup and and then cosplay. How did you get into the makeup? Well, when I was 9 years old, nine. this was this was um when I'd come back from Peru for the second time. Yes. Um my mother took me to a department store to shop for clothes for me because I had nothing appropriate to wear. And the department store manager said, oh, your daughter's so lovely. Would she like to be a model for our upcoming show for fall fashion? Oh, okay. That's nice. And that launched the modeling career that lasted about 14 years. <laughs> and she's a model too. What is going on, Anna? You're multifaceted. So I got a lot of training by a lot of top makeup specialists on how to apply makeup. And it's something that kind of stuck. <laughs> yeah and okay so how did you th- now this the, the the makeup for modeling is a little different than the makeup for say building a character um, oh yes yeah what wh- what are the similarities and what are the differences and how did you get into either one uh gosh well makeup for modeling i just got tired of people messing with my face <laughs> so you started doing it yourself so I started doing it myself, and then I uh, was teamed with a makeup specialist, a uh, fabulously talented man. His name was Rolando. Rolando. That's and Rolando name. took me aside, and every time I, I went out to Chicago for a modeling assignment, he worked with me for a couple of hours each time to teach me the ins and outs of, of makeup application. And it got to the point where um, he just had to watch me do it myself instead of having him do it. Okay, so he talked so himself I, out of a job. <laughs> uh, well, I wouldn't put it that way, but but I mean, it, it 
was a lot, a very, very helpful thing to do, be able, to be able to know how to apply my own makeup for different types of situations for modeling, whether it was going to be runway modeling or if it was going to be print modeling or whether it was live modeling, I knew what to do. There's a difference between the two? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Because um, for, for live modeling, when you've got heavy lights on you and you've just got a bunch of photographers who are taking your picture, because I, I did model for a lot of, of professional photography associations where Maybe one time I'd be dressed as a bride and they'd be practicing taking pictures of me as a bride. Another time I might just be like this college girl posing to as a graduate so they can practice portrait photography. And under the lights, you start to sweat and everything starts to slide off your face. <laughs> you kind of have to know how to apply the makeup so that it lasts longer. I agree. Okay. Um, and, and then you have for this print, skill. yes, it's, print is different because it, it's quick shots and boom, you're done. <laughs> so you just have to have the contouring and the shadowing, right? Okay, so uh, it's a little quicker. You don't have to yes. to worry about applying it to to last. Right. All right. Okay. So that's the difference. So how about the specialization? Getting into characters. Uh, well, for that, I really just look at the the drawings of how the characters are presented. And then I do my best to sculpt my face with the shadowing to resemble the characters. All right. Anna of AMH Cosplays. So you're, how did you get into cosplay? Let's go there. Well. And when? You might say it's almost a lifelong thing. Okay. <laughs> lifelong. Okay. So when is an early now, age? My birthday is Halloween. <laughs> okay. So I always dressed up for the holidays. I like that. And as I got older and people you know, would start telling me I was too old to dress up and I'd tell them to, uh, what they could do with their opinion. Correct. And I kept, I kept going and I specifically remember dressing up. Um, that was a little bitty Indiana Jones. <laughs> I like that. I called myself Anna Jones. Little did I know that would be his mother's name. But um, You're right. And in college, one of my roommates kept telling me that I should have been a cartoon because of my intense love for cartoons and anime shows. And I remember dressing up as superheroes for the for the college dances. For the college Even the ones dances. That, for college dances. Now, I got in trouble once because I went dressed as a superhero to the formal. And my friend had to yank me to her room and stick me in one of her formal dresses instead. Oh, no. But you were the hall monitor. No, that was in high school. <laughs> that was high school. So thanks, Jane, for the black dress. Um, <laughs> Jane, you're the coolest. Okay, so what, what was your first cosplay? And when? My and why? very, very first cosplay, my actual first cosplay, yes. um, was Ranma Sautome from Ranma One Half. Okay, and that's your favorite uh, anime? Um, it's one of my favorites. One I mean, it's the one that my son's middle name comes from. Right. That's what I was. Th okay. That's what I was thinking about. And I chose him because he has such crazy adventures um, with people constantly throwing water on him and changing him into girls and trying to keep his identity straight. Plus, he's a martial artist and I'm a martial artist. So I figured it was perfect. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back. Hold the phone. She's a martial artist, too. Okay. Let's hold cosplay for a minute. Tell me about okay. the martial arts. When did you start that? Oof. Oof. Gosh. Mm. A long time ago. 
a long, long time ago in a Gosh, land how long far have away. I been doing, I've been doing this for how long? Since 1996. Wow. What? So, yeah. What, what art? Um, I've studied a whole heap of different martial arts. What you do in 96? <laughs> uh, I did. 96 was Hapkido hey. and... Not just Hapkido, but what else? What else? Ah, judo. Oh, no. I paired Hapkido with uh, Taekwondo when I was in the Keys. Uh, oh, good for you. Yeah, it seemed to work out that better because you can do the grappling, uh, you know, because Taekwondo teaches you how to use your feet like hands. Mm-hmm. And then the Hapkido is turning people, turning people's force against them, kind of like, kind of like judo. Kind yes, like you judo. know, you know, you know. Except judo is the Japanese sport, Co- and hapkido is, is a Korean, Korean. self defense. That is correct. There you go. And that's why they were paired together with the. I mean, I did Goju USA when I was a kid, but you know, in my early adult life, I did the Taekwondo. Never made it past yellow belt in any uh, any of the of the disciplines that I ever learned. Uh, you well, know, that was uh, like me and judo because yeah, I I was. Per- fabulous at throwing and when we moved to michigan and i started going to judo class at the local ymca sure um the sensei there sensei sensei watkins who i love dearly great guy uh, um he was he said well let's see what you know and so i immediately put him in something called which is a quick kind of shoulder hip throw and i tossed him and I'm about five six mm-hmm. and about 135 pounds, mm-hmm. and he is about six two and about oh almost 300 pounds. <laughs> so he was impressed. So he's like, "Whoa!" And what rank are you? And I was like, "I'm a white belt." <laughs> and he's like, "Why?" And so I quickly demonstrated why is because once I'm pinned to the mat, I'm done. I can't get out of those judo locks for some reason once I'm on the ground. So that's why I never really. Not too far with judo. Got it. And Got then it. I switched to um, Japanese jujitsu, and I made it through blue belt for that. Nice. And then I tried aikido. Aikido um, triangles, yes. Uh, but I, I just didn't really click with aikido because it was so elegantly sweepy versus practical, like hapkido. But the stick fighting, right? Oh no, that's Cali. That was Filipino no, Cali. Oh yeah. Well, well, we learned some of that too. <laughs> well, you did the stick fighting, okay? Because I'm getting but then, all my martial arts mixed up because I've done so many, but never got far in any of them. Just enough well, to beat myself up. Well, there you go. That's not good. No. <laughs> um, then I switched to Taekwondo, and that's pretty much where I am now. So you're in Taekwondo now, and are, and um, are you doing anything else that's paired up with it, or or strictly Taekwondo? Well. Let's just say that in addition to a poultry farm, my husband and I own a martial arts and yoga studio. I like that. I like that a lot. You can promote your studio. This is your podcast. Yay. So we we teach semi-private and private lessons now. Tell it. Tell the people. And I'm supposed to be training to test for my fifth degree black belt. Fifth degree. And what's the hubby at? Third. Third. Does that emasculate him a little bit? Yes, because he used to be one of my instructors when I was a color belt. <laughs> hey, that's cool. And I'm sure he, he's happy that you're exe- excelling in this. Oh, he never fails to tell anyone that, oh, he's sticking his tongue out at me. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> that, that he used to be my teacher. <laughs> yes, yes. 
Yes, he's a good man. I could tell you guys are are tight. That's good. And so you own this martial arts. Well, tell the people what what martial arts so they can uh, fill that room up. Ah, well, it's Hapkido and Taekwondo, and then yoga every Wednesday. What's the name of the place? Uh, Family Martial Arts. Where? It's um, actually a studio that's attached to our house. I like that. You got your own dojo. Exactly. That's so, cool. Now, do you have it all, all fixed up, uh, Korean style? Oh, well, Korean-American, I guess. Yeah. Okay. All right. So that one's not all cluttered up like the rest no. of the place. No, that is <laughs> that, that I rule. Yes. Now, I, I was talking to a, a, a well, yesterday. Uh, he's a martial artist. He is a fourth-degree black belt in uh, Conway, Arkansas, or Conway or Little Rock? Yeah, it was Conway. And uh, this is where I'm at, Conway, Arkansas. I had a podcast. I I went and talked to these boys. And uh, he says, when he goes to the, into the dojo, do you feel differently? Do you feel differently when you go into your dojo uh, as a, apart from any other place in the world? Well, I mean, it does have a kind of like a more of a peaceful, you're entering a different kind of atmosphere. Yes. Because it, it, it's, a, it's a place of study. And as soon as I enter, I, I'm pretty much focused on what I'm going to be doing there, whether it's training for, for my next belt or teaching kids or doing things in yoga. And then so- once I leave the room, it's like, oh, back to real life. I'm so impressed that you take this seriously, and that's wonderful. Now, when you walk in, do you do you bow and and? Oh, absolutely! Oh gosh, no, I'm a stickler for that. On the there, way there's in, there's that rule the nerd again. <laughs> no, please. Now, this is this is important, especially if you're doing martial arts. It, it it should feel very. You should have reverence when you go into a studio like this. Uh, you know, you're you're doing yoga. You're you're taking care of your body. You're doing martial arts. You're it's um it's an ancient study and i i feel it even though i didn't go far in, in the studies myself i i feel it and, and i'm impressed when people do excel in these things and uh, so so the two of you and plus husband and wife together building something this is great martial arts and chicken farming Come on. There you go. And even now and then we sell eggs to the students, so it all comes together. No kidding. <laughs> this is great. All right. So martial arts. And so it's called Family Studio in Michigan. Or- Family Martial Arts in Chelsea. Send me, yeah, send me the links to that, and I'll put them in the show notes and, and make sure that people know where to go and how to get a hold of you. So oh, Okay. All right. And then let's go with the, the makeup and the cosplay. I guess we've... I've taken up a, a bit of your time, and I've learned quite a bit about Anna of AMH Cosplays. This is great. Um, so uh, tell me so, about... So, what so we- the martial arts brings me right back to cosplaying as Ranma for my first cosplay. Yes, because it's all martial arts. Yes. That's and, great. And then that was, and like, what was your first cosplay for? Uh, gosh, I don't even remember at this point. I just remember the very sad-looking photographs. <laughs> yeah, why, why would you dress up like that? I mean, was there there wasn't a reason... Uh, I think it was just a, a, a get together of a whole bunch of people who were partying, and I, that's the character that I chose to be. That's pretty cool. I get to DJ a lot of Comic Cons, and even though I'm not strictly, uh, you know, I've, I've been debated uh, on whether I'm a cosplayer or not because I, I, I put the light up goggles on, I put I light up my suspenders with with lights, 
but I don't go as any specific character. It's 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 of my own creation. And people say, "Oh, that's cosplay. It's fun." I go, "Well, it's yeah. not, it's not a character. It's it's not. It's your OC. It's your original character." I suppose you know, Doctor What. I put a a lab coat on and and go DJ the party. You know, I have a few well, comic cons coming up. There you go. You know, Doctor Demento got started somehow too, right? You got that right. You got that right. <laughs> <laughs> You're bringing back my childhood. So, uh, okay, every Sunday night with Dr. Demento. So, uh, okay. And Chicken Man. Woo, hey. he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Wait a uh. minute. That, well, I worked for KFC, and I used to dress up like the KFC chicken. Oh, the, my. There. I said it. <laughs> I was called the Chicken Man for a long time. And that was one of the, re- uh, the ways I got on a radio station is Sonny Fox worked with me at Y100, uh, on a at a the grand opening in, for KFC in Fort Lauderdale, and he said, "Hey, can you uh, freelance that chicken for other things?" And I said, "Let me go ask my boss." I asked my boss. He said, "Yeah," and I said, "All right." And I was working for the radio station as the chicken man. Wow! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I got into my radio station job kind of convoluted. I was a Bud Light girl. Wait a minute! And you worked for a radio station too. Uh, 93Q, WNTQ up in Syracuse. Dig it! <laughs> I like it. I like it. And you've been very, very good on this podcast, by the way. You, you're you a great speaker. I'm sure that comes from debate and having a big mouth at, uh, in junior high. <laughs> Mostly <laughs> Self, that. Self-proclaimed and uh, stopping bullyism. Uh, stopping, is it bullyism? Bullying. Bullying. Stop. Bullying. Hey. Yeah, I always like to speak up for the underdog. Even now, I mean, through cosplay, I tend to be a big mouth about that too. But. It's because you're a superhero. <laughs> All right, take me through some other cosplays that you're you've been into and why you did those. <sighs> well, from Ranma, I kind of went into Kim Possible. And um, gosh, I really started going into all these strong female characters. Why wouldn't uh, you? Because, yeah, exactly. I mean, I know that there's a fair share of those those cute little dragon maids and and the, all the little pretty furry cat ear type things. But I like the strong fighting type characters. Yes. So I, I do Wonder Woman. What, yes, uh, I see that. Classic Wonder Woman from the 70s. Oh, yes. I have to do the classic Wonder Woman. Um, gosh. Uh, I've brought Kim Possible back recently. I... I Dug her out from the the from a decade or so ago and updated her. Ah yes, oh I um, see a side I, by side with you and Linda Carter there. Oh that's great. You did good. Yeah, would be nice if I had her waist, but ah, I think I'd have to good. lose all my internal organs. <laughs> no, you did good, and and yes, you do stay in shape with your triathlons and your martial arts. My goodness, you you're so multifaceted. <laughs> okay. So uh, 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 other cosplays? Gosh, let's see. Um, and and well, why? And and why? Why did you dress up for these? Do you go to comic cons or, or? Oh yes, we or? just we just came back. Um, I guess early this morning from Colossal Con down in Sandusky, Ohio. Four That's... days of comic cons. Wow! Woo. Four different costumes or the same one? Oh, not four. <laughs> yeah. More like seven. What? And you had a booth. Oh, no, 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 no. I was okay. just wandering around. Right, right, right. I mean, I know some people go that far. I've talked to some, some Comic-Cons, I mean, some cosplayers that, that have turned it into a career of sorts. And I say, wow, more power to you. You can do anything you want as a career if you put your mind to it. Uh, and you're a part-time superhero. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Well, I do make appearances every now and then as Wonder Woman. And 
Where? Um, well, for Free Comic Book Day, for example, I was hey, at a local comic book shop. That's great. And that, that was May the 4th this year, May right? May the 4th. May the 4th mm-hmm. be with you. Yeah. Couldn't dress up as a super as a Wonder Woman and a Star Wars character, so I went with the Wonder Woman. You could have been a Star Wars Wonder Woman. I, I've seen mashups before. Oh, I love mashups. I have a, a, a couple of fun mashups that I do. What are those? Um, well, I take my Bulma from Dragon Ball, and I mash her with Negan from The Walking Dead, so I'm Bull Negan. <laughs> all right. All right. I like that. I like where you're going. Uh, my favorite mashup for myself is uh, Luke Skywalker, Texas Ranger. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Wear, <laughs> you know, wear the, the long coat with the lightsaber instead of a gun and, yeah, the cowboy hat. and Yeah. 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 It's, it's, it's pretty fun. <laughs> Okay. So I'm I'm just oh every now and then I'll see something that I want to do and I'll look at the pictures and then it starts ticking in my head how can I do this character how can I do this character uh, ends up with lots of little bags from places like Joanne Fabrics in my closet waiting for me to find the time to turn them into cosplays. Well, since your husband's a third degree uh, superhero, uh, does he get involved in this too? He actually has graciously allowed me to turn him into a few characters for photos. I like that. Uh, I dressed him up once as Master Roshi from Dragon Ball. I like and that. Master Roshi is kind of a, um, he's a martial arts instructor who is also um, very fond of the ladies. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. That was nice and of then, you. And I also dressed him up as uh, Ranma's father, Genma, who is again, also a martial artist. Uh, but he he prefers to be on the other side of the of of cosplay. He he does more for cosplay photography now. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was going to ask you who takes your pictures. Yeah, a lot. Of, if you if you see a lot of my pictures on Instagram, they have the Force Edge Photography logo on them. That's him. That is great. Forest Edge Photography. Definitely send me the link to that. I want to put that on your podcast. See? Will do. Let's promote you. Let's get you uh, get you out there. So where do you want cosplay to take you? Uh, do you want it to be a, a, a job of sorts? Or are you making some money on this? Or uh, I wouldn't say I'm making any money as much as I, I have friends who go around to big comic cons and they're the special guests and they have their booths and they sign and sell photos and prints. And I mean, if it takes me that way, great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my goal is to be the ultimate Bulma Briefs cosplayer in the U.S. Oh, that's, that's great. Well, you know, definitely promote yourself that way. Uh, you know, your your cosplay is a top par. It's it's top notch as far as I can see. Uh, you, no, you, thank you. You put a lot of work into it, and it, it t- I can tell. What, what What's the hardest cosplays that you've done that have taken the most time to, to put together? Oh, gosh. Well, I'm still building a cosplay that I'm hoping to debut this fall at Yomacon in Detroit. And again, it's a Bulma Briefs character, um, but it's kind of my own version of her because she is very well known in her teens for having to wear a kind of Playboy bunny outfit because her clothes got destroyed and the one of the characters all he had was that on him so she got stuck in the outfit. <laughs> yeah. So I how, do how that convenient. outfit. 
So I, I, I have that version of her as, as Bunny Bulma, but something clicked in my, my warped mind, and I said, well, let's take her back a couple of hundred years. So I'm currently building Victoria Bunny Bulma. That is cool. I like mashups. I, I like so the, whole, the whole, uh, what is it, uh, funk. Or no, with the uh, steampunk. Steam yeah, it's punk. kind of steampunky, but without the gears. She'll be like straight Victorian with the hat, with the feathers and the flowers and bunny ears attached to it. I like that a lot. Very creative, Anna, of AMH Cosplays. Oh. A- any uh, any last words you want to say to the people? You want to, any, any last things or any other things you want to bring out before we close this up? Oh, gosh. Um, the one thing that I would love for anyone to understand about cosplaying is that it doesn't matter how old you are or what gender you are, what race you are, what age you are. It's for everybody. Yeah. And I see a lot of times where you go to larger conventions and um, a lot of the photographers will focus only on like the 18 to 23-year-old skinny little girls in their little skimpy outfits mm. just for the sex appeal of it. And they'll mm. completely ignore, say, a fabulous cosplay that might be on a plus-size cosplayer or on a male cosplayer or on a cosplayer who happens to be older. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, the photographers, they have to get their views and get their following and make their money by selling prints and stuff like that. And that's what the appeal is, but it's also important to understand that it's not about the, the sexual aspect. Cosplaying is about bringing a character to life and fun. Exactly. This past weekend, for example, uh, I went to a meetup for my hero academia and there's a character. I don't know if you've gotten far enough to have met recovery girl. Nope. Recovery Girl is the school nurse. Okay. And she heals people by kissing them. Okay. But like Recovery that. Girl has been in the job for quite a while because Recovery Girl is kind of like shriveled and shrunk and she's maybe in her 70s. Okay. And this cosplayer was an older female cosplayer, maybe in her 60s, late 60s, cosplaying as Recovery Girl. And that I thought great. that was fabulous. That sounds I was adorable. So excited to see that. So. So when I see things like that, I, I think it's it's fabulous that people understand that, you know, cosplay doesn't stop when you hit 25. Well, I'm stalking. It, you're, I, I, I'm tell, you are telling the truth. You are telling the truth. Uh, it, cosplay is for everyone. And show some love to the people that have, have put some effort into the cosplay. And even some people that, hey, they... they did their best they tried uh you know make sure that you if you're running through a con uh, and you see somebody that that has a dipper hat on say hey that's dipper i like that or exactly oh i ran into all sorts of dippers it was great and grunkle stands yeah yeah (laughs) i only say that because my daughter likes dipper she's got a dipper hat (laughs) well i do cosplay as wendy (laughs) hey i like that too ah wendy's great i I guess i could do uh jesus (laughs) i mean zeus there you go, Sus. Sus. Rose <laughs> I like that. All right. So we've learned a lot about you, Anna of AMH Cosplays. Oh, my goodness. You, you, tell the people how to get a hold of you. Uh, and it's, yeah, how, how do they get sure. a hold of you? I'm on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as AMH Cosplays. 
Well, that's simple. That's simple a lot. <laughs> I'll definitely put it in the show notes. Any last, last words for the people? Uh, don't be afraid to keep dressing up even if you're past the age of dress up or what people think it is. Because all that matters is whether you enjoy it, not what anyone else thinks. That is correct. Anna of AMH Cosplays. Thank you so much for being on the What Makes You Famous podcast. I hope everything gets gets bigger, better, just gets better and better for you with the, with the chickens and the martial arts and the cosplay and beyond. <laughs> well, thank you very much for having me. I've had a good time. I will chat with you in the future. Hopefully. All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. There you have it, party people. That was Anna from AMH Cosplays. Also, the family martial arts. Also, chicken farming. Also, Peru and France and New Jersey and New York. She's been so many places, well-traveled and well-spoken. I had such a good time learning about Anna from AMH Cosplays, and I hope you did too. Well, that's it for this edition of the What Makes You Famous podcast. If you'd like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call at 501-470-6386 or email info at RadioWhat.com. Thank you so much. It's Keys Dan, RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. The world's largest disco was held at the Buffalo Convention Center, New York, in 1979. 13,000 people danced a place into the Guinness Book of World Records. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. Follow Keys Dan on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of KeysDan.com. Follow Radio What on Facebook and Twitter. Click on the links at the top of RadioWhat.com. The music you want is on. Yeah.